Hello um, and welcome to another ad hoc session of the Corona Investigative Committee with today with uh, Ole Damegaard. Ole Damegaard is a specialist in false flag operations. He has been looking at the, this problem for 40 years and um, he has a website called Light on Conspiracies. And it's interesting because uh, Rainer, as you always say, sunlight is the best of disinfectants. So Ole has taken the same uh, approach of like shining light into the dark corners and uh, hopefully, you know, getting rid of all the, um, the rats and other things that are hiding in the dark there. Yeah, Ole, it's great. Um, it, uh, so we've been talking a little bit about, um, you know, you've been looking at, at false flags, false flag operations. What is a false flag? A false flag operation, it's an old naval term. It's uh, in the old days, you know, the 1700s, 1600s and so on, when uh, empires like Great Britain, Holland, Spain, Portugal, without raiding, plundering, uh, raping uh, different nations and so on. When they were doing it, they had the military force to get away with it, no problem whatsoever. But sometimes it caused like problems with trading agreements and so on when they were just being absolute bullies. So someone along the way, I don't know who invented it, says, why don't we do it like this? Instead of us being the bad boys, if we take whatever target we're aiming at, if we take that flag from that nation and put it on one of our own ships, then we let that ship attack ourselves that makes us the victim and then justifies that we defend ourselves and thus total plunder, rape and murder and invasion once again. But this time, the rest of the world will applauding us saying, oh, my God, it's fantastic. All oh, these poor guys, they had to defend themselves. I mean, what could they do? They were attacked. So mm -hmm. so and then I think uh, the pirates got uh, hold of that idea. So that's a good one. So they started doing the same. They started whatever the target uh, uh, ship was, whatever vessel they were aiming at, they did exactly the same. If it was a Spanish, uh, some you know, commercial ship or whatever, they just up with the Spanish flag. And then, you know, and the Spaniards were like, well, hello, hello, it's a friend coming in. They didn't notice the iPads and the one-legged uh, you know, st stuff until it was too late. And then boom. It was too late. So a false flag just means that the attacked one is actually the attacker. I repeat, the attacked one is actually the attacker. The attacked one is actually a, uh, uh, the attacker. It's a psychological mind like this. So many, many, many times when things happen, you have to stop and just say, hang on, before I believe this, let me take a step back and see what actually happened and what is it that I'm being presented because it always comes from the point of the attacked one. It's always their victim side of the story. We were attacked, they flew into the buildings, they burned up this, they did that. They're the ones coming with the, uh, the outgoing information flow saying this happened and now we have to do like that. So false flag is a term that was more or less unknown except for people like myself up until I think the Boston bombing. And then after the Boston bombing, if you go in Google search and check the statistic, it went like this. And now it's all, almost a household uh, word, you know, people sort false flag here, false flag there. And I just want to point out many people think that if, if it's a false flag, that means that no one dies. That is absolutely not true. It just means that the attacked one is actually the attacker. 
that's the only thing it has. Then false flag can false flags can come in many different variations, like real attacks, but where the attack one is actually the attacker, where they attack themselves, blow themselves up, the buildings or whatever, just sacrifice some of the nation's soldiers or whatever to get more credibility. But sometimes it's a total stage event where you've got so-called crisis actors where there's nothing real about the whole thing. It's just like a film set. It is a film set for a commercial, you know, set up the exact same way as when you shoot a commercial. But the, the product that they're selling is not shampoo. It is fear, terror through fear. Because, and then so I just want to point out, sometimes it's a hybrid. We call them hybrids where you have real victims and you have crisis actors. Like in Norway, when the blowing up of the government building, I would strongly suggest that on one side of the building were real victims, on the other side, uh, sheltered from the alleged explosion, were crisis actors. So sometimes you have a mix of the two. And uh, uh, well, it's very important to be aware of that there can be both. Mm -hmm. So the, the false flag event um, is basically delivers the pretext for um, something that the ones who pull off the false flag really want to do. So you say like they want to create super, uh, um, you know, outburst of fear. And then they say, oh, no, we have to come in with the Patriot Act or we have to have these anti-terror um, uh, laws that uh, make sure that you have to stay uh, in your house when we say it or something like that. So that's the idea. You know, from, I think, I don't know when it started, but I always think that there's been a bunch of uh, schools who thought that they were so much better than the rest of us and that have been looking for different methods of how to control us, how to get us down on our knees so that they could get us to kiss their feet while we pay to be their slaves and worship them as gods. I think it started as, I know it's the Romans did it, the Greek, the old Greek, some of them did it. But there's always been this small group, I think, of psychopaths most, most of the time uh, that don't have empathy in their system, you know, but are ruthless in their actions and where desires and greed are the only driving force they have, the ego on steroids. So um, when you look at the Roman Empire, for instance, it was massive. It was massive. And this was at a time before telephones, before fax and Twitter and Facebook and and you know all of these things. So how did they do it? How did a small group of people dressed in a sheets and a flower pot on their head, hail Caesar, how on earth were they able to control an empire the size of, I mean, it was what they knew as the world. You know, Rome was the center of the world. So how did they do it? And this is where you come into the psychology of psychological warfare to control a population and the key element in these things are fear they need people fearful if we're not fearful we would just say you want me to go to war this is what you can get from me i'm going to go and have a cold beer you can go fight yourself or whatever it is they want it's always through fear it's management by fear so they came up with different, uh, a few, they, it's only very few methods that we need to learn about. It's divide and conquer so that, uh, you know, they divide us by, by false information saying the real enemy is your neighbor. The real enemy are the Muslims, are the Hindus, are the blues, are the white, are the red, are the whatever it is, the Christians, the Catholic, depending on in what area. 
divide and conquer so that you start arguing in between yourselves and start seeing each other as enemies instead of looking and saying hello what's actually going on and then we start really looking for the cause the root of what's going on and thus finding the wizard of those wizard of us behind the, the screens divide and conquer another one is diversion every time they do something it's even in military operation black ops or whatever it is or an illusionist on stage have the same thing when they do something they will go, create something that goes boom over there so that everybody looks to the left and then you can get away with that you know go 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 everybody's looking to the left when they look back you're down you're finished so divide and conquer uh, division or, or diversion and then you got a key one this is so so important to understand problem reaction solution this is the one the one i repeat this is the one that is controlling us so problem reaction uh, solution works like this the few in power secretly create a problem and i've been saying this for so many years uh, it's either an alleged mass shooting please notice the word alleged alleged mass shooting alleged uh, terror attack uh, alleged financial crash or arranged uh, financial crash or a virus an alleged virus they love the viruses they love them love them love them so the few in power secretly create a problem the reason they create this problem is to generate and uh, like it goes like boom over there and the, the reason is to go to get the population to go into like absolute fear mode like oh my god oh my god we need protection we need protection so that we react emotionally they want it emotionally that is uh, why it's more or less always women and children because uh, it works better than if they blow up people like you and me Reiner uh, nothing personal sorry about that but women and children kittens are really really good as well you know it can really get the emotions going so they need an emotional impact so that we don't think we just react we go into oh my god and what they then want us to do is turn towards them that we are not we are not aware of that they're actually creating have created the problem saying please please help us help us and they will then say that's problem reaction they will then say well the only way we can help you in this horrible situation with this horrible problem is and boom in comes the solution and the solution was there from day one i sorry if i repeat myself the solution was there from day one the solution was there from day one so if you look at corona for instance what is the solution that the whole thing with the pointed the bioweapon of mass destruction with a needle at the end was there from day one it was a matter of how can they push it on us how can they get us into um, fear mode where we will say yeah please let me suicide myself please let me push this untested drug of i don't know what it is of absolute horror into my veins and let me push it into my babies at the same time not a problem i will do it salute you and thank you so much for being the solution to this horrible problem problem reaction solution it is key key in so i mean i have looked into hundreds it's 40 years of my life i've been looking into these ones and i I, I must say, I, I don't really know of any war almost that has not started by a false flag operation. It is very rare. Do you know, people don't like fighting. 
it's not in us that oh i want to kill that bastard over there because uh, he believes in another god than me it's not really in us it's we've been pumped up with this hostility and pointing out the enemy is over there the enemy is over there they're they're fed by the devil they drink you they wake up and want to drink your blood fear-mongering fear-mongering so that we go into oh my god is is that true do they really want to do that and then we defend ourselves the other side that are being fed by the same financial powers are being told the exact same thing they wake up every morning and they want to drink your blood they want to so everybody is scared out of their living senses you know just like oh my god we need to defend ourselves and then you got the bankers in the background funding and arming both sides and just keeping it going 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 also controlling peacemakers that goes in and say i'm the peace negotiator absolute bullock BS, that is what it is, because very often these peacemakers are Bilderberg members themselves that go in and are negotiating with other people of the elite. So they're just there to keep it going, keep it going, keep it going, while we think oh, it's incredible. I mean, it's just year in and year out what is going on, while the whole game of death and destruction and making absolute billions on our pain and misery is going on and on and on. And Ole, so like with the, you just mentioned that with Corona, I mean, maybe one of the goals is to push this, um, to, to get, to make people take the vaccine. But there also seems to be, I mean, what is the, it's, it seems so multi-purpose driven. I mean, if, you, if you're looking at it and you want to, let's assume there's purpose behind it. Yeah, that, that's the hypothesis. So you can um, say that again. Yeah. Okay. So there's, I mean, maybe a money-making thing because that's the, I mean, connected to the vaccine, but the vaccine is maybe also like um, doing something to the body. We don't know yet what it really does. Is it, does it only make you sick, but does it do other things? Or at least we know it's not protecting you from the virus because it doesn't work against the virus as it's becoming, I mean, we look at Israel and other places, it's obvious. Yeah. And, and the studies, the, the relevant, but then it's maybe also like, um, the whole, you know, whatever this dysfunctioning uh, society now is maybe then can also be brought down and, and you know, turned into something new, the new world order, like bringing in a new financial system, uh, introducing Bitcoin as a, for everyone or, you know, like a like an electronic um, currency and all these things. Is there like one one specific purpose that you think is the is the most important one or is it is it just this multi-purpose thing and everyone is is somehow profiting from it or like looking to to bring about their own you know goals and the answer is yes to all of it it is the the corona is just one tiny little part of it it's the updated current version of how to control the world uh, corona is absolutely not a major one. It's just the one that has pushed uh, the global population into doing the same thing. And so when you, when I've been uh, digging into this, well, I had no idea that things were connected the way they were. Absolutely no idea. I didn't know that so many of these uh, uh, top political assassinations were coordinated by the same forces. I didn't know that behind so many different variations of disasters and wars and so on were the same financial forces behind big pharma behind uh, organizations like the european union nato uh, 
these types of things, I had no idea that when you look behind the scenes, we have the same forces, the same individuals, the same financial interests, the same power structure that have just created these front, I, I, don't, I don't want to say companies, but they almost are companies, like some of these intelligence agencies, you can hire them. That's why they're called an agency. You can hire them to do your dirty work, to enforce your power, enforce your will on people that don't want it. So when you look at what's going on, uh, I would say that one way, an, a way of understanding what's going on goes under the name of the New World Order that was presented by George Bush Sr. in 1990 on the day on 9-11, 11 years before, uh, or if it was 10 years, sorry, I'm not really sure. I think it was 11 years on the day on 9-11, but he is what we're going to do. And he described it and he said, you can feel however you want about it. We're doing it anyway. And he presented, we will take over and we will be in control for your good, for your it's always for, for our benefit. That is absolutely so not true. But evil always presents itself as a... Evil always comes like this upside down. But the thing is with evil, evil needs to be to knock on the door. It cannot just push itself on us. So it's up to us to, before we open the door, really look at who are you who want to enter into my life in this way do i really want to open the door or do i not and this is where in this situation with corona some of us open the door other people say no way am i going to let you in because beard is falling off and and i can see that you are not the who you present yourself as so the new world order is one but under the new world order, the new world order, the idea that they've had for generations, and I mean, they're not hiding this. It is in their biographies, their memoirs, their different plans, the different operations. They want a one world fascist state. Boom, that is it. That is why they're so kind to take away the borders between countries. Has not, it, it benefits us as well, but it's not for our good that they do it. Many of these things they do are double-edged swords. Good for us and good for them. Depends on how we deal with it. Anyway, so one world fascist state, one world government, that means one leader, one state, one fascist dictatorship, or take away fascist, but one global dictatorship. They want a one world army where they uh, unite the US military with the United Nations troops and NATO. This, this is the goal. So they're trying to join these forces and they're working very hard to join exercise. They're welcoming in United Nations troops, to Chinese to the, to the US. They've got like NATO troops in Sweden that is officially not part of Sweden, even though it's been part of Sweden since the 50s, but not officially. Do you know they're doing it and they're also creating uh, war zones, problems. We're back to problem, reaction, solution, where the whole idea, for instance, with the United Nations troops, is to bring them into areas where they're not even given ammunitions, like they were in the, in, down in the Balkan War. They were just, the only thing they could do, they could drive around in their tanks and make notes, take notes. Yes, they killed that woman and they shot the head, they chopped the head of a child. They, took, they were not allowed to interfere. The reason they did that was to create a problem. 
so that we would say, oh my God, what, what is going on with that? I mean, that is a problem that the United Nations troops are not doing anything. They're there, but they're not doing anything. And so after that, it's been, yeah, well, the only way we can do it is, and then it, they started joining forces, you know, so that the United Nations started training with the US and so on to, get, to gather the military force into one. So it's a one world army there to control us not to protect us it's all the time against us it's presented that it's like for our benefit absolutely not it's a one world religion this is why they want to destroy all religions that's why there's so many mosque burnings church burnings all kinds of stuff where they're destroying these these old spiritual power um temples and beliefs and so on they're trying to destroy all of that and out of the ruins this is the new world order out of the ruins will they will create what they call the new world order where they are in control of all of it. they want unfortunately to say bye bye to two thirds of us or something like that chop 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 um because they i believe that they find it easier to control fewer of us and they don't need what henry kissinger so poetically called useless eaters that is how they see us. Um, so they want to take away like two thirds of us. I say, if you want to depopulate, feel free, jump out of the window anytime, not a problem at all. That's one less. But I don't find that it's okay that they play God and decide who of us that should be here or not. They also want a one world currency, currency, digital currency, where the, the danger with digital currency is that as long as you have cash money, if you go to the uh, check out in a supermarket or whatever if you have a problem paying with your card they go no, no, no denied you can say well not a problem i'll just hey here's cash i'll pay you now i'll go and check out with my bank what's going on and not a problem when the cash is gone like where it is almost in sweden it's so i mean that is go there it's bizarre once that's gone then the one that controls the chip in your card or in your hand or whatever it is, they will control your life. They can control you. They can just say, Reiner, we really don't like what you're doing. And said, if you don't behave, we will just turn you off. And that will take away your ability to do anything that has to do with transactions. I mean, this is brutal, you know? So cash is king and cash is freedom. So a one world digital currency, here's what we see is being created around Bitcoin. I really hope that Bitcoin is what it, it seems to be, decentralized. Everything that is decentralized, I would say, could be a very, very good way. Everything that is centralized is not good because that can put the power to fewer and fewer and fewer, which is exactly there again. So what else do they want? Uh, they want total power, but at that, at this point, it's it's more it's more specialized. So it's not only like a wide the new world order boom like this. What they also want is more specifically what is now called Agenda 21. There's something called Agenda 2030. Many people get confused. Agenda 2030 is just a middle. Uh, it's the Agenda 21. It's the 21st century, and Agenda 2030 is just like a, a sort of a middle station in the middle. They set goals like this. So Agenda 21, or what is also called the Fourth Industrial Revolution at the World Economic Forum, what that is, is that this specific little group of people, 
that we often don't even see behind the scenes. We just see the players down lower down in the in the power pyramid. And by the way, they forget to tell us that the power pyramid is turned upside down. It's not the top of the pyramid, it's the bottom of the bottom. It's the lowest form of human beings that are at that point, uh, these individuals, at least the way I see it. And also their boss is somebody that likes a hot climate and has horns. So that's the one they, they worship and is the driving force behind them. And we, most of us, I believe, have a, a tendency to believe in somebody with a beard up among the clouds. That means love and compassion, forgiveness, but that, that their game is the exact opposite. So Agenda 21, it is out there in the open, and it was created by former Prime Minister Gro Harlem Brundtland, Wildeberger, and when you look at her actions, she's called the mother of Norway. I'm sure that she gave herself that title, because when you see what she's been doing, oh my God, we're looking at super criminals here. And so she and Morris Strong, who is a, a, a man who's also in the backgrounds in these so-called elite circles, uh, grooming and fixing and preparing individuals to step up on stage when needed. Because you have to see, this is sort of like a chess game. It's almost, they've got like different um, actors, I would say, that are being groomed to step into action when needed. So if there's a new president needed, and the situation is feels right, well, bring in a black president. He's been prepared for 20 years, not a problem. Or a Chinese one. Well, we if that doesn't work, okay, use on standby, wait one year, we'll just do like that. So they're playing us like that. So they have these things on standby and being prepared. Anyway, so uh, Maurice Strong is one of these people that are um, sort of middle, sort of master manipulated behind the scenes, I would say. And so these two people were given the task to be the architects of Agenda 21. And Agenda 21 is a thing that uh, was, uh, they had a big uh, conference in the early 90s in South America, where George Bush Sr. Uh, was the head of the whole thing. If you want to see a super criminal again, that's one for you. I'm not saying he doesn't look nice. He looks nice, but oh my God. God, when you look at the actions, I mean, I've been breathing down his neck for many years. That is a super, super criminal if I've ever seen one. Anyway, so they had the, this whole thing and it was set up and they were, that was the first steps of climate warnings about climate change and these things. It was called the UNCED and that conference. When you read it out, it said unsaid and they often have it right in our face. There was, so there was more than 174 countries, something like that, I can't remember, uh, that uh, participated in this conference. And no one, as far as I've been able to find out, signed Agenda 21, but they have turned it around so that just you being there means that you consented to their agenda. So I don't know how they managed it. They just hijacked the whole thing. And I think after that, uh, through management by fear in governments and so on, and the Freemasonic networks, they just got people by the balls and you stay in line or, or, you know, because they, they have shown their muscles multiple times through history. And I mean, if you look at JFK, for instance, they could have just slipped a pill in his coffee. He could have worked hard as that, goodbye, farewell, if they just wanted to get rid of him. But they wanted to show, they want to statue an example saying, we can get anyone at any time, so you better back off and be quiet and obey. 
So this is why they send they send out these shock messages in the corridors of power. And this, when you look at when things happen, like a conspiracy, a massive big boom, something happens, or a murder or whatever, there's first a conspiracy of the crime itself, and then there's a secondary conspiracy of silence. The silence. What is up with the silence? It's because they got them by the balls. They have them in their power. And this is where we see Jeffrey Epstein, James Savile, uh, Mark Dutroux, other people in these networks that are, are, their whole job is to put people in situations where they can be filmed and where this type of evidence can be used against them afterwards to control them, to find dirt on them and also corrupt them because only corrupted people are allowed to get up in the power of in the pyramid of the power to a certain level. I don't know very, very few people that have managed to get up there without somehow being corrupted. You're not allowed to, you're not allowed to enter into the playground if you are not in their control. They don't want wild cards. One of so, the most, um, one of the, today at least, one of the most infamous examples of a false flag operation, which everyone knows is uh, how Hitler started World War II, when he, uh, I think he came, he came on a, um, uh, uh, he, he held a speech which was broadcast by the radio. And he said that we have been shooting back at them since 5.45 in the morning explaining to the German population that the, that the uh, Germans had to fight back at the Polish because the Polish, he said, attacked a radio station, a radio transmitter rather. Uh, in the end, it turns out, and everyone knows about this today, uh, of course it was the Germans themselves who staged this attack on the radio transmitter uh, with their now infamous, uh, infamous um, SS soldiers. Now, how can it be that this incident is world famous or infamous rather, and everything else doesn't catch anyone's attention or doesn't seem to catch anyone's attention? For example, 9-11, which many people are now saying that was a staged whatever, but it's, it's not real. For me, it seems like, <clears throat> do you know if I'm in New York, I, I think like people would be interested in finding out about 9-11. They don't want to hear about it. If I'm in Stockholm, they don't want to hear about the truck attack there, the alleged truck attack there. If I'm in, you know, like if I'm in Las Vegas, they want to hear about everything except the Las Vegas mass shooting. It's mm -hmm. like it's too close to home, I think. People get, mm -hmm. ooh, it can happen in Colombia or it can happen in Ecuador or, or North Korea, but here it's too scary. I, I, I don't know. I don't understand. So here we have all of these where the evidence is released like 50 years later. Yes, we, it happened. It happened. Yes, the Gulf of Tonkin. Yeah, there were no shooting. No, it was all state. And people say, okay, okay. But it's like <clears throat> when we, then when we get closer and even through movies, they're doing the exact operations in the movies and you're like, oh, Mission Impossible. It's so exciting. It's incredible. Oh my God, how complex. Then you say, yeah, that operation is more or less identical. No, 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 no. Now you have like, you have watched too many movies. You are, you know, this Mr. Tinfoil hat. No, 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 it could never happen in real life. I tell you, it is, it, it's at this stage where media is so controlled by them 
by the ownership and the power pyramid, you almost have to go to, if you want fairy tales, you, you read the, the newspapers and you, and you watch normal TV. And if you want the real thing, you, you watch movies because it is through movies that also they prepare us for what they are planning. And in, the, in Hollywood, for instance, as far as I know, you cannot get the budget through for a movie project without it being approved of by the Pentagon and the CAA. And mm -hmm. anything you want to do that is pointing in that direction, they have to accept and arrange and have their whatever. So they are, they're diverting it in whatever direction they want, and then they approve the money. So you just have to, not a problem, you just have to change a little bit there, change a little bit there, point at them instead of pointing at the real truth, and so on. And yes, we will give you, fund you the, for the project. So it's like, we're being manipulated on a massive scale. And I think it's really interesting in, in these times because now the ugly face is coming forward. Suddenly we're starting to see this ugly face of the beast that it comes in many different variations. Censorship is one of them. And so when people say, no, but really, I mean, mainstream media, could they be controlled? And I say, I wish, I wish, I wish not. But just as an example, when Robert F. Kennedy Jr. came to Berlin, it's not that long ago, that is a world historic event. It doesn't matter Corona or not Corona. His uncle made them, I think, the most famous speech ever at the Berlin Wall in Potsdamer Platz, where he said, Ich bin ein Berliner. It is massive. That in history is a massive big thing. His father, Robert Kennedy, both of them was boom, boom, by these forces, the same forces. Mm -hmm. He also made a speech in 62 in Berlin. So just for Robert Kennedy Jr. to make a speech, it doesn't matter what he was speaking about. Just for him to be there and say hello and goodbye would be news. Well, you and know, then, Ola, the problem then, is, the problem is there are only three people there watching him. That's the problem. I know. Yes, That's why it's so unimportant. Well, the I thing know. is, we were both there. Viviana and I were there. We had a police, a number of police officers on the ground. One of them was working for us, and he explained to us that there were m many more than a million people there. So what we are dealing with, because when I asked why, why can people not um, draw any conclusions from similar events? If you look at world, the start of World War II, which was definitely a false flag, uh, operation. Why do they not see that there's similarities between what, what started World War II and what started, for example, the war against uh, Iraq, 9-11? I understand you're saying it's the, it's the constant, um, it's the constant propaganda, which, um, which, which is uh, almost showering us every day, if you turn on the mainstream media, at least. Um, and it is also predictive programming because, and, and is this correct? Predictive programming, meaning you see on television or um, in the movie theaters, what may be happening in the future. And when it does happen in the future, people, because of this predictive programming, people decide, well, this is much too close to what we've seen uh, at the movies, this cannot be real. Is that how it's supposed to work? Is that one of the one of the tools that they use 
let us see what's going on so that we cannot believe that this is going to be reality? No, I think it's it's more to prepare your uh -huh. mental state state so that you are open for their way forward. Mm -hmm. You know, so so that you would just say, "Oh, yeah, I knew it was coming. I knew okay. it. I knew I had a feeling. Where did that feeling come from? You were being pumped with it, mm -hmm. and and to go back just to Rob Kennedy, I mean, I checked mainstream media in many different countries. There was not a single word about him in Berlin, not a single word. If there was a million people in Berlin that was there to watch a football game, that would have been news. I mean, yeah. whatever, if they were there to grow mushrooms, it would have been news. There was not a word. So that tells you how is that possible that it's not there this is a wonderful example of how controlled it is because if they can do that with such a big thing then just imagine what they can do on the lower levels and it is it is uh, operation mockingbird you also had a german uh, what was his name a german a journalist that's that ulf uh, ulf cotter no, uh, yeah yeah, yeah, that's his name. Mm -hmm. Yeah, who stepped forward and said, "Listen, guys, I'm really, really sorry, but I had to. I had to admit something. I have been bought. I have been delivering a lot of articles along the way, where the only thing I've done is write my name under it and then receiving a paycheck. And he is just. And then he very uh, untimely died, which was not unexpected in these days, but." <clears throat> This is not one, it is a massive big project where the outflow of information is the most important for these dark forces. So they focus on the different news media, the different news agencies, publishing houses. I mean, in the US, you got in the old days, there were hundreds of owners of these TV stations. Now we're down to five or six massive big mm -hmm. companies that are just all of them and then you're surprised and you say well i prefer fox tv i prefer cbns it's the same it's the same so it's up to us to take back uh, the power by okay so what what we can see is there is one event which is definitely a false flag operation, the one that started World War II and which everyone knows about. Uh, it is not a singular event, of course. Uh, there's another event which people, more and more people are having doubts about, and that is 9-11. And then comes Corona. Of course, you have looked at many, 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 many other incidents. You, you're saying that all of the wars, you think that none of the wars were started without any false flag operation. What prompted people to take a closer look at 9-11? Okay, first of all, I mean, people say, I'm starting to look critically at 9-11 and I wonder, your brain has that been connected at any time during these 20 years like these were two of the biggest and strongest buildings in the world and they were dustified they were turned into dust they fell down with free fall speed that is absolutely impossible you cannot do it how they were brought down is a different way but that is so not natural i mean imagine if our house i tell you 
let's do an uh, experiment. We take a, a Coca-Cola bottle, empty it. It's made of the same material as an airplane, more or less aluminum uh, in a long tube. There are two engines, but except from that, it's made like a, a Coca-Cola bottle. You fill it with jet fuel, you turn a Coca-Cola bottle on fire, okay? If you smash that into an armored concrete wall, will it does be dustified? Will it just be pulverized and disappear? If it does that, then I believe the official story. If not, then we have to look at it from a different point of view, and I'll tell you, I mean, so many grown-up people are so proud. I'm starting to look at this in a critical way. My, my daughter, she was four years old. It was in 2005 or something like that. And I was sitting watching some, the, the videos of, of when these buildings just fell down like that, boom, in this massive big dust cloud. And my daughter came in and she said, Dad, what are you, what are you looking at? I said, I'm doing serious uh, adult stuff. I am watching these things. So she said, but what, what is happening? And I, so I gave her the official story. Four years old, she said afterwards, she said, Dad, I'm a child. I'm not stupid. Why are you lying to me? And then she went off playing. That is the mind of an on-missed brain that just said, no, it cannot happen like that. But here we are 20 odd years later saying, could it be or could it not? It could not. It could not. So many of these operations are, um, they're a no brainer. It is when you look at the facts, you will see, I don't know how that happened, but the official story is just not true. Kennedy, his head being thrown back and to the left. And we're being told that the shooter is up on the sixth floor behind a tree. Uh, in a building, you know, it's just normal physics that tells you the first 20 odd seconds when you see it, whoops, that kind of doesn't make any sense. But then when we hit by the whole propaganda machine saying, no, it was a magic bullet that went like this and this and this and this and whatever, they say, you got Robert Kennedy, Sirhan Sirhan, the alleged shooter, was at no point closer to five, six feet in front of him shooting, yet, yet, Kennedy was hit three times behind the ear and the back, straight back from the back and to the right. It even burned off hair to his head. And Sirhan Sirhan was at no point closer than five, six feet in front of him. How is that possible? It's not. It's a no-brainer. It takes you two and a half minutes. Oh, no, doesn't make sense. And then this poor guy is still rotting away in a prison because the rest of us are like, well, I think it was him anyway. I, I true. It must have been him. I mean, what are you saying? Could it be a conspiracy? Yeah. And the the thing is that the forces that take out these people and carry out these operations, it's not so much the operation itself. It's what do they use it for? Because it's problem, reaction, solution, or they terminate an individual that is standing up for something beautiful for the rest of us. They destroy that individual and then move on with their agenda. So the same forces, the same power structure that was behind the Kennedy assassination. I have put more than 30 years of my life into that. I've been the speaker there uh, twice, three times. I don't know. Uh, I'm a close friend of many of the people involved, including the son of one of the people who, who planned the murder, E. Howard Hunt. It's like, for, for us, it's, it's almost like we have to heal, help heal the wounds that our parents caused to this world. So 
I, I lost the thread here a little while, but it's uh, like right. uh, um, well, if you look at these three events, if you if you add into this uh, the Kennedy assassinations, it's four events. But if you look, if you first look at World War, the start of World War II, it's common knowledge now that that was a false flag event. Um, that was very clear pretty soon after the war ended. It came out and many people realized, yeah, that makes sense. That's the only way it makes sense. Had they started to think about it before that, they would have realized this story doesn't make any sense. Why would Poland attack Germany? Now, the second event is 9-11. Um, is Very quickly after the incident, many people began to, to ask questions. Very Many people took a very close look at what was going on. I've seen many of these conspiracy videos, which I considered conspiracy videos back then. In the meantime, I've changed my mind um, because there's a, a third building. Uh, what was it? World Trade Center number seven, I believe. Uh, that was six, not hit yeah, by six any... went down as well. Yeah. So we know that there's things that um, should have made that should have alerted people that, that should have made them ask questions. Nobody asked any questions when World War II started. It came out later. With 9-11, people began to ask questions very quickly after the event. Now we're looking at uh, Corona. Can it be that the people who are behind this have overplayed their hands? Because there are quite a few of us who have been asking questions right from the start this time, not just a couple of months later, but right from the start. Can it be that they overplayed their hands? And if, if so, why did they do that? Did somebody, did something force them to into an early start? Were they not quite ready for what they had been planning for for, for so long? I hope that they've overplayed it. I really hope. I really, really, really hope. I hope also that uh, the, the very hard efforts of people like myself who've been trying to expose these uh, forces for so, so many years have finally started to pay off. I feel that there's a strong, strong, I don't like the word awakening because I don't, I feel that it's a totally wrong word. And um, it, this is like an awareness process. I think people are becoming more and more aware. I know for sure that I'm asleep in certain areas. I have no clue about certain areas uh, where I'm being played with, but there is this awareness that is growing now faster and faster. Thank God, thank God, because it's like, when you see, I want to say when when Kennedy was taken out, he was taken out for multiple reasons, and the forces that were behind that assassination, that power structure, um, after that assassination, started moving forward very fast in many different areas. The Vietnam War, the creation also to stop the, the protest against the war through creating the whole sex, drugs, and and rock and roll uh, hippie movement. That all of these things now has now been uh, shown that it was created from them to diffuse the attention from the rest of the world to get the uh, protests to stop, to get all of this to, instead of you know, standing up and saying, we won't have it, to just get high and, and listen to flower power music. Then when, when uh, Martin Luther King and Robert Kennedy, both of them were standing up and saying, listen, enough is enough and it seems like Kenny, robert kennedy was planning to he was he was the next president for sure had he not been shot 
and he was planning to get my, uh, Martin Luther King as vice president. Can you imagine what world we would be living in now? It would be so different. But they took these people out as well. And so after that, the air went out of the world. It was like, oh, they, they just, they lost hope. And then in came disco and all of these things and uh, ABBA and people started uh, just forgetting about it. You know, the finances, financial situation was good again and blah, blah, blah. Then uh, in on stage came 9-11, which was an absolute 100% false flag operation where the attacked one was actually the attacker. We're talking about, I'm not saying uh, the US as a nation, I'm talking about core, very rotten element inside it that were part of creating that whole thing to become a victim so that that would justify the start of the war on terror. That was the whole point of it the war on terror which is a war on a noun it doesn't mean anything but it sounds really good and it makes you able to go in and blow up and kill anyone that is against you because he's a terrorist you label him as a terrorist and then suddenly it's allowed because they blew up these buildings no they did not and the reason why they hit the, the pentagon was to justify a military intervention in, because otherwise it had only been civilian targets, so they couldn't, then it wouldn't have been okay for them to bring in the military. But here, that thing then started the whole war on terror, where they also, the countries that didn't agree with it, especially NATO countries, they hit them with alleged terror attacks as well, including this beautiful island where I'm now, Bali, was hit here. It had nothing to do with Muslim terrorists. It was to emotionally bring Australia and New Zealand into the same. Um, you had Finland was just hit a few days before the bomb went off here. And it's just that, like they say, sometimes we have to twist the arms of nations if they don't stand in line. Mm -hmm. And this is how they do it. It's management by fear, management by fear. It's like um, the mob. It's exactly mob methods they do use it. So, but it was the same family structure. It was the same power structure behind uh, 9-11. You have like, for instance, George Bush Sr. His father, if we go back, his grandfather was the one that faked the so-called Zimmerman telegram that got the US into World War I. That mm. was the grandfather of George Bush Sr. The father of George Bush Sr. was Prescott Bush, who was working together with the Dulles brothers and, and other bankers and so on, being part of fun funneling the funds into the Hitler war machine. Okay, and mm -hmm. then after the war, they were key in creating the Cold War through the atom bomb being blown up, boom, and creating a whole psychological war that was not really there. This power structure that we were told that the Russian was so, it's turned out that it was absolutely not true. So then we had decades of that whole fear, fear, fear being created. And then you have, when we come forward, we have same Bush senior. I, I have to say also at the, the taking out of Robert, um, of uh, John F. Kennedy, uh, George Bush senior was the paymaster of what was called Operation 40, which was an ultra secret hit team that was 80% of the shooters in Dealey Plaza that they identified more or less all of them. And he was the paymaster. He was on location. So was boy George, his son, as a teenager, on location when they took out JFK. 
Robert Kennedy was taken out by the same forces, indirectly Martin Luther King as well, but that was more through the FBI and the military, the way they took out him out. But it was the same power structure behind. Then we come up to the 1990s, where Bush Sr. stands up and say, okay, welcome world, here is the new world order. We are gonna unleash it on you, whether you want it or not, it's coming. Then exactly on that date, and they had, they had sent out these predictions in movies and magazines and all, it's happening 9-11, 9-11, 9-11, 9-11, 9-11, and then boom, on 9-11 it happened. And they're central in the whole setup of 9-11. They were, Marvin Bush was part of the security for these two buildings. Uh, Boy George was sitting there in a classroom uh, reading a book where, where, the, where the children was talking about uh, you know, uh, buildings falling and planes and metal destroying each other. Uh, he was even sitting with the books upside down. It's, it's bizarre. And he was told, well, there's a plane flown into uh, Twin Towers. He doesn't even react. He was super in on it. Bush Sr. was having a, a meeting in the Carlyle Group with the Bin Laden family, when, who were the only ones that were allowed to fly out of the US. I mean, <laughs> anyway, so Bush, this is Bush, all Bush. this is all verified information. What I, you're telling me right now. Mm -hmm. I only I only say things that are verified. I, I'm mm -hmm. not here to be criticized. You know, mm -hmm. I don't like being attacked, so I say things mm -hmm. that are factual. I prefer saying it like that. And if I don't know, I say I have no idea, or or I'm speculating. I say now I'm speculating. But this whole thing, yeah. And so um 9-11, if you look at that, you got like uh, General Wesley Clark. I think mm -hmm. that's his name. He came out right afterwards in TED Talks and on stage, and he said, do you know, it was unreal because like it had just happened. And and then one of his colleagues in the, from the CIA, I think, came in and just said, listen, I've just got this uh, information. We've, we've gone to attack seven countries in five years. And he was like, what? Yeah. And then he, he it was Syria, uh, Syria, Libya, um, Somalia, Iran, I can't really remember them, but all of the countries that have then been hit were, it was pre-planned. And it's just like you mentioned before, Vivica, very, very good observation. Like when these things happen, look how fast the solution comes in, like the Homeland Security, where did that come from? And that sounds a lot like Das Vaterland, you know, the whole German setup, because we have the same mindset and uh, Homeland Security and the uh, Patriot Act, that as well. A thing like that, if you see the, the thickness of it, it would have taken years to prepare. And here, boom, and in on stage came that whole thing and was uh, knocked through when people were still in a state of shock. We said, yes, yeah, who votes? Yes, 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 yes. And boom, went it through. People didn't have time even to look through it, you know? And just like they said before 9-11, we need a new Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor was a similar also set up. We need a new Pearl Harbor to get the emotions going so that we can pull this one up and get on our road to world domination. So Corona was then, oh, sorry, the, you got the JFK was a major step forward for them. And then they had Martin Luther King, Robert Kennedy to stop any type of interference. 9-11 was a massive step forward. And then 
yeah, people are questioning it. What has it made any difference? Yeah, but I, I, I doubt it. They don't care. They couldn't care less. They just go on with their business, business as usual. You know, so we can sit here and do all of the well, I, I this, this, and we can create the committees for this and and put in different things and courts and stuff. They will just drag it out, drag it out, drag it out forever and ever. And you will never get close to stopping these individuals if we don't go from a different point of view. I hope this is an, a, a variation of that whole thing that this will really lead to something. And then in on stage came Corona, which is uh, our very much like in a in a second session here with you uh, to go through what I believe was actually being planned for the world and where uh, the Corona thing was only a pink and fluffy version of what they had planned for because they have planned a global takeover in one go, a one massive, massive big operation. But thank God that was stopped. The 80% of the mayhem was stopped, which I'm going to go into great detail next mm -hmm. time. And then instead what we were what was unleashed on the world was this weird slowly yeah. growing like a mm -hmm. fog type of thing slowly taking shape nobody really understood and suddenly lockdown boom and the whole thing took off and it's like and so many things that the that has not made any sense with empty hospitals and that doesn't make any type of sense is because that the mayhem part was stopped however one thing has changed, and that's why I'm saying they may have overplayed their hands. Um, one thing has changed because uh, in the meantime, more and more people are taking a closer look, for example, at the notion of uh, overcrowded hospitals, when in reality, they're all empty. Uh, we have some whistleblowers who we spoke with. Um, one of them is a doctor, and he went through one of these hospitals with a hidden uh, camera, and he showed us that despite what the mainstream media said about this hospital, it's overcrowded. There's uh, the um, emergency um, uh, care units are completely uh, swamped. There's all kinds of uh, um, fear and people are in the uh, in the hallways, et cetera. And he walked us through that hospital. It was completely empty. Now, that means uh, and, and he's not the only one. There's lots of people who have done similar things and who have spoken to us, explaining to us how they actually uh, forged the numbers of overcrowded hospitals, while at the same time, by the way, getting rid of 30% of the um, ICU beds. 30%. Um, yeah, 30%. Um, so that's why I'm saying they must have they must have made a serious mistake because there's too many people who have, you don't like this term, but who have woken up and who have begun to ask questions and, and taken a closer look at things. That's why I think this time it's going to be different. It is okay. Um, you alluded to the, I would call it the hippie, the love and peace movement. You're saying that movement was also staged. Did I understand you correctly when you said that? It, it was not it was infiltrated and and it was started mm. by these agencies but then there was a lot of great things coming out of it you know it's sort of but when you look at the forces behind them yes unfortunately many of these uh, rock stars and that was uh, created in what is called laurel canyon uh, mm. just outside hollywood most of them came from military industrial background. Their, their parents were from the military industrial 
complex and also biological warfare and so on and where many of them were were brought up uh, on military basis and mm -hmm. then in the mid 60s they were pulled together in this tiny little place called lower canyon mm -hmm. where the this the center of lower canyon which is a beautiful little place but very sort of isolated sort of in the middle of it is a what was called a lookout air force base which was a CIA headquarters operative massive film studio that produced more film than the whole total production of Hollywood. It's like unbelievable. And also uh, started the whole um, distribution of LSD, giving it out to uh, for free to many of these Monterey and so on, getting the whole asset movement going, the whole LSD thing. They were given out for free at these um, at these things to get people off off you know get off their head really and, to keep, them and from, stop. to keep them from asking further questions from looking looking closer into the for sure. kennedy and martin luther king assassination sure. okay this time i don't think that's going to be possible this time there won't be any way for them because there's too many of us even if it's only 10 percent, i think it's 20 maybe more mm -hmm. and in this country it's probably no more than 10 but uh, I don't think there's going to be to be another way for them to divert our attention and to uh, to calm us down, which is basically what happened through Laurel Canyon or the musicians who were invented in, in Laurel Canyon. I remember one incident of the, there's a band. It's still around by the name of America. They're the ones who wrote A Horse With No Name. Uh, I know that this band really does come, uh, all three of them come from a military background because their parents are, I don't know if they're high-ranking military, but they're high rank, but they're military. Uh, I didn't realize that many of them, as you're saying, many of the others as well came from military backgrounds, but that tells you the whole story. I remember when, um, when the Clintons um, came under pressure because of uh, his uh, fooling around with Monica Lewinsky, Hillary stepped forward and accused the military industrial complex of, uh, of staging all of this. What is that all about? Is that another false flag? Was she referring, was she trying to, uh, to uh, hold people responsible who were really on her side to divert attention from those who, they, who she accused because she's the one who was not credible as an accuser anymore? Okay, so if you go back, I've been I've been breathing down the neck of the Clintons as well for decades. <clears throat> the Clintons come from a background. I mean, uh, William Clinton was a very very young uh, governor of Arkansas, and in Arkansas there are a small little airstrip in a town called Mina, Arkansas, and that thing he was to getting himself he and hillary were getting themselves very deeply involved in a lot of illegal stuff with real estate the white river white water uh things and scandals around these things they were both showing that they were very corrupt and criminals on an early stage also there's quite a few uh, signs that at least bill was a cia asset uh, possibly hillary as well mm -hmm. anyway uh, he was good looking and he also had shaken hands with JFK and for some reason uh, um, George Bush senior here we here he comes again thought that this guy can be useful so he was invited into one of the Bilderberg meetings and then groomed as uh, the next step forward but in the meantime 
what they did was that uh, they used Bill Clinton and his uh, companion called Dan Lasseter to be part of what was called, that went under the name of the Iran-Contra scandal, where weapons were stolen from national, uh, the National Guard's uh, uh, different uh, depots, stolen, they changed the serial numbers, so they had a, a factory that was officially making parts for parking meters, but what they were doing was they were exchanging the parts with, with numbers on for these weapons, and then they were sent down to El Salvador, Honduras, Nicaragua, to uh, uh, arm the Contras into the whole genocide that was carried out down there. All of the weapons sent down there, they were trained by the CIA and so on, the, the forces down there. And then uh, on the way back, the planes came, and I'm, I'm a personal friend with one of the pilots, Chip Tatum, uh, who flew in what they thought were medical devices and stuff like that, but turned out to be raw cocaine. And it was this drug, this import of so many tons of raw cocaine that was received by Bill Clinton himself, Dan Lasseter, and George Bush Sr. was there at times also, that was then distributed into Florida, Chicago, LA, these areas, and started the whole crack epidemic in the US. Because the whole idea is to destroy, destroy, cut down the budget for the police, get the crime rights up there. So you pump in weapons, you pump in drugs, you cut down the uh, resources for the police, and then you get the whole chaos going. Chaos is the name of the game. So Clinton, very early, uh, was an asset. He's a super drug dealer. So is Jeb Bush in Florida. He was the, uh, the part of the drug uh, administration in Florida, the guy that was part also of, of rigging the election in Florida where his brother uh, came in on the second term that was absolutely fake or staged or controlled, whatever you want to call it. So when Hillary steps forward, and says things like that. The whole Monica Lewinsky thing, you have to ask yourself, I don't know for sure. I can only say I have a massive big question mark around that one. Because when media is suddenly super focused on one thing for months, what is happening in the background? You know, why is it that when Martin Luther King's family uh, had a court case, it was the court case of the century where they were trying if, to see if uh, Lee, uh, James Earl Ray had shot uh, their father or if it was these agencies. And the verdict was it was the agencies, yeah. Do you know how many journalists there were there? There was one, there was one in total. And the whole thing was about $1 or something like that because the King family didn't want to, let it show that they were that it could be of money. So there was about a matter of a few dollars, the whole thing. There was one journalist, a local journalist that was there all the time. The media should have been camping outside, but instead, when this real thing happens, nothing. Just like with Robert Kennedy in, in Berlin, zero. And then you have something like that where they're there for months. The the OJ Simpson trial, Michael Jackson trial. For months, what is going on over here? When all the media is looking that way, what is going on over here? And here we had one of the big ones, Monica Lewinsky. So what was that all about? And I tell you, I believe that it was part of when the whole Iran-Contra scandal was about to be exposed. Uh, they tried to stop it by killing one of the pilots and, and one of the people that built the whole up thing up, Barry Seals. We got a Tom Cruise movie about him now, Air America, I think. No, it's not America. Uh, 
Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, I think it is Air America. Mm -hmm. And uh, but but uh, he was taken out by Bush Senior. Uh, it was actually Oliver North who ordered the murder of Barry Seal. Oliver North is a key key um, person in that whole uh, drug uh, import or drug uh, massive operation of destroying the U.S. Anyway, so. So Hillary, I mean, when you look at the Clintons, and I don't say it is likely, they have stepped in blood their whole life. I mean, there's so many body bags that have followed that uh, couple on the way up. I also want to say the blowing up of the uh, uh, Alfred P. Murray building in Oklahoma City in 95, do you remember that? Boom. That one of the main reasons was because they had taken the evidence material against the Clintons and brought to that very specific building. So when that that's only one of there was other evidence also that was brought brought in and put in that building, and so they rigged the whole building. I'm a personal friend of a guy that was approached to do that job who refused to do it, Cody Snodgrass. But anyway, um, when they when they did it, the day of the explosion, there was first one massive bomb, boom. The parts of the building did not come down because it, there was some miscalculation. But anyway. When people came rushing to the place because there were lots of people that were dead or dying in the rubble and so on, trying to save them, uh, suddenly somebody came, uh, called out on the uh, you know uh, on the PA system, secondary explosive, secondary explosive, clear the area, clear the area. So people had to leave people dying in the rubble, and and step outside the, the you know the cordon off area, and in came two vans with people in blue overalls that went straight into this building and came out with cabinets, the cabinet, these, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, um, folder cabinets, is that what you call them, uh, you know, like for archives, yeah. the, the ones that they brought out was exactly the ones with the evidence against the Clintons, put them in the vans, took off, and then people said, yeah, area cleared, and people could come in. In the meantime, many of these people have died. Do we have uh, real evidence to prove this? Yes, 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 and yes. Was this caught on video, for example, the fact that they took the uh, cabinets out of the rubble? Not on video, not that, I, not that I've seen, but there's multiple witnesses talking about this. And also, uh, I mean, the whole, uh, my friend Cody Snodgrass, who was a CIA whistleblower or black op under more than 20 years under the Clintons, Mm -hmm. He has, he has uh, written a book called um, Choosing the Light, The Dark Secrets of the Oklahoma City Bombing, where he goes through in great, great detail what it was actually about. So if you ask me, when I look at the Clintons, I mean, I'm looking at serial killers, absolute monsters, I don't say this lightly, and super criminals. They have killed so many people. I mean, the Clinton's body count, you can find that on the internet as well. It's so, so, so many that have been standing up. So when she says something like that with, with, uh, uh, with Monica Lewinsky, I'm like, was Monica Lewinsky a total diversion or was it a real event? And if so, was Hillary maybe pissed off with it? I don't know. But there is a very interesting movie called uh, Wag the Dog, Wag the Dog, mm. with uh, Robert, no, sorry, uh, Robert De Niro and Dustin Hoffman. Mm. And it, it is, I mean, 
it is so close to reality. But mm -hmm. what they're saying is the president who looks a lot like Clinton in this movie, he has had an, an affair with a woman, Monica Lewinsky. And so there's a disaster, you know, for the sitting government or something. So what they do is they call in this fixer, Robert De Niro, the very discreet anonymous guy who comes in and he says, listen, we need to sort this out. You, Mr. President, get the hell out of here, fly to China or something like that. Just go dead, leave this area. Don't answer any question. Don't put yourself in more trouble. So he gets on a plane and woof, off he goes. And in the meantime, they, they try to say, how are we going to divert the attention? How are we going to avoid this big scandal? Like the Iran-Contra scandal, I would suggest. How are we going to avoid it? We need to divert the attention. So what they do, what he does in this movie, and it's so, so interesting. He shows exactly how they do it. He starts spreading rumors to media about a possible war with Albania. There is no war. But he's spreading the rumor saying, or by saying, uh, the rumors about the Albania attacking the US is absolutely not true. There's no truth to these rumors about. So the media is starting, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? So they're starting to uh, run and they get the whole thing going. Then they bring in Dustin Hoffman, who's a Hollywood director in the movie, to say, we need propaganda. We need material here to get the whole thing going. So they stage like war scenes and, and like uh, a girl running around with a kitten in a bombed, bombed out area and stuff. It's, there's nothing in there in reality at all. Then they have uh, Woody Harrelson. He's, he's sort of like a, a war hero that they bring back to get the whole patriot, uh, patriotism going. So they bring him in. And then they have Woody Harrelson come in and make a song about the uh, returning hero. And the, how they set the whole thing up super interesting because that is how they play us what was it about the oklahoma bombing wasn't the, the one guy was Tim, sentenced timothy, to death, McVeigh. timothy McVeigh. Yeah. um um was that a crisis actor or was was this another one of the incidents which you describe as part real and part staged it was an absolute, as far as I know, an absolute real explosion. Mm -hmm. It was an, the Timothy McVeigh that when that took the fall for this was absolutely innocent. He was a former soldier who was also chipped and pumped up with all kinds of so-called vaccines and stuff like that. And he was, uh, I think that he was an operative uh, if he was involved with the CIA or not, but he was part of these operations. He was also on location where the so-called Waco uh, fire happened when mm -hmm. they burned that whole thing. It's another very, very odd uh, scenario. Mm -hmm. And uh, by the way, where I believe that uh, one of the soldiers that, that came in and was shot dead, you know, when they climbed in through the window was one of the Clinton's uh, bodyguards that just happened wow. to die there very conveniently when you didn't see him, he was shot on the inside. Uh, so he was taken in patsy 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 is the key uh, word for him had was not uh, and cody uh, snodgrass my friend was three cells away from him when he was executed because he was also taken in because he knew too much because he had been offered the job turned it down and from then on instead of being an asset he became a liability and so they took him in and wanted to destroy him as well so 
he was officially executed. There's some question marks around that thing as well, because people who were there seeing the execution said that they pulled the curtains, which they normally don't do when somebody is executed. And then when they uh, took away the curtains again, they put a sheet over the body. But the person I've spoken to said that he saw, saw that that body was breathing. So in the world of deception, you know, what is going on, what is not going on, it's, uh, it's very hard to know sometimes. So in the end, what this uh, boils down to is we can't trust anything and anyone. We have to make, our, make up our own minds, get our own information from sources which we consider credible, and then try to figure out what to make of this. Not accept any of the mainstream media stories, because as we've learned, uh, most of them are probably wrong. Most of them are probably uh, propaganda. Uh, I have known for a long time, for at least 15 years, that there's something definitely wrong with the uh, German judiciary, when, at least when it comes to uh, representing uh, uh, consumers and small and medium-sized businesses against large corporations such as Deutsche Bank. In that sense, I have probably been alerted to the problem, but I didn't want to see it because I just I thought, well, maybe we have to uh, we I have to put on a different suit when I go to court against Deutsche Bank, or my uh, colleague has to put on a different dress, or maybe we need another expert opinion from the uh, university. That wasn't the case, but I didn't I I had no idea how. Um, corruption, uh, let's put it that way, how corruption had perme permeated much of, much of our society, probably 70 or 80 percent. That only became clearer and clearer to me through Corona. That's why I'm saying they must have overplayed their hands because I was quite, I was quite gullible before that. I did believe what, what I saw on television was probably true because most of the journalists who appear on television or who used to appear on television um, uh, seemed like they had that, like, like they knew the, what they were talking about. They had investigated the story, but now with Corona, everything, everything needs to be questioned. Even our friend Martin Schwab, who's a professor of law at the University of Bielefeld, who was also, um, uh, who also believed in what the mainstream media and politicians told us, even he is now saying, because of Corona, by the way, is now saying, I don't believe anything anymore. I have to question everything. I have to make up my own mind with the information that I myself try to put together so as to make, as, as to get a clear picture of what's going on. That's why I'm saying they must have overplayed their hands if they even get me uh, who used to be very gullible, and uh, Martin Schwab to ask questions. And there's more of us, many more of us. And I'm so happy. I'm so happy. <laughs> it makes it really my, they say, you know, I have butterflies in my heart hearing things like that. Mm. Because the thing is, you know, people say, look at them, they don't understand, they're so asleep. Well, where were you? like five years ago, where were you 10 years ago? Where were you? I mean, I started out 40 years ago and it was a very, 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 very lonely road because, uh, and, and I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Absolutely no idea. I couldn't see uh, that things were connected. I could not understand so many things. 
and it's only because I've been in these dark waters and surfing these waves for over the years that I've started to to get a better and better grasp of it. And so it is in all of these operations, they are totally compartmentalized. And so that everybody thinks that they believe that what they do is right, that they I don't I've only met one evil person, I think, in my whole life. You know, I don't uh, I don't know monsters that uh, are lying, you know, who what am I going to do evil tomorrow? And then they wake up and they start torturing people. I don't I don't meet these people, but I see that the actions are that leads to extreme pain and death in many different areas and that is not okay for me and that is also why i put myself on the line i mean we've had to move countries twice because of what i'm doing i had people murdered around me i had death threats i had uh, also they i was shot once they hit me twice they tried to hit me with a car twice and so on. but that is apparently part of the game it's like the hero's journey and we meet obstacles so it's a matter of how to deal with these things so don't judge other people look at yourself what how was i before that you know it took my four-year-old daughter like 42 seconds to see that the twin towers it's just a lie something is wrong and then grown-up physicians you know like uh, rocket scientists and physicians they say the nist report no it's because of this absolute bullshit is the key word it's so not true it is not true and when the more educated you are or or indoctrinated you are with titles and all of these things on the wall saying certificate this and that you have a responsibility to the rest of us and that is not to be like this but to be like this with you with your knowledge and wisdom and experience along the way you, you have an ex i'm not talking about you right now i hope i'm not that. pointing <laughs> but, but i'm talking about you as well you know before you started because it's because you came up against the beast that you suddenly shook hands and was sort of like holy moses what is going on here you suddenly felt it like that that is when you felt the breath of this beast you started saying whoa 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 what is going on here before that I'm sure your career was going really good and you were happy in your life and busy with your stuff. That's the way most of us are. They keep well, you us know, the thing is, I wasn't happy in my life. I was I was uh, I did have a really good career. I was making pretty good money, but I didn't. I always felt that there's something wrong. I just couldn't put my finger on it, but only because of what I saw in the courts of law, because that that was my life. I went to court almost every day. And uh, at the end of the week, I wouldn't even know where I had been. But um, things were so strange that I didn't feel good. Uh, even the fact that I was, uh, well, I had a really good life. Even that fact didn't make me happy because there was something off kilter. Something was not quite right. And it's only because of Corona that uh, I have decided to take a closer look. And all of a sudden, it is very obvious that um, those who are behind this must be behind many other uh, similar incidents, wars, as you're saying, and uh, and that and and you know what? It feels better this way than it did before. I was just going to ask you: Do you feel happier now? Absolutely, yeah. It's it's yeah. not a funny because it's now you start. Mm. It's not fun, but it is you're following truth 
you follow mm-hmm. your heart, you know what you're doing now is right. Yeah. And this is the thing for, for us, I mean, we have different roles. Uh, some of us are frontline and it's, uh, it can be very uncomfortable at times and sometimes you die. But at the same time, when you know in your heart that this is right, this is, even though I'm scared, this is the right thing to do. You have this feeling of yes, 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 instead of maybe feeding yourself with all, so that all of your desires that will never really be fulfilled. You, you can't get there because you don't feel that thing in your heart. Mm-hmm. So I applaud you. I'm very, very happy, Rainer, that, uh, <laughs> that you came up against the beast and that you decided not to back down. I mean, that is not, uh, most people would back down big time. So I applaud you. I really do. And uh, well, I, is- you know, I, I had help. Uh, I was lucky uh, to uh, get connected with uh, Viviane, who had been for many years had been much more suspicious than I had. And, uh, and that's uh, th- this connection is a big help. We complement each other on many different uh, levels. Plus, everyone around us is um, is uh, thinking the same way. That is very, very helpful. And I can only I can only um, admire those people who do not have this kind of support in their families or in their work environment, who are still standing up to power uh, and speaking truth to power. I can only applaud them because it takes it takes a lot of courage, I think. And it's important for them to connect with us so that they're not that they know that they're not alone. That's why this is important what we're doing right now. And you know what I think is also, um, you know, even maybe we don't know if it's going according to plan or not, but it's a very uh, critical moment because like, obviously, since it's a long term operation, I mean, Ole, what you mentioned, are, um, I mean, the behind the scenes, it's maybe a long term a generalized strategy, let's call it that way, you know, but like you see, you have these outbursts of like, there's a, a false flag or there's this event going down. And you know what, like in that sense, but now here you have a very tricky constellation because you have this vaccine, you know, that's now showing a lot of side effects, but you still have to, and then there's not so much going on in the coronavirus front. So you have to kind of um, maneuver the people, you know, into like still taking the vaccine and still having fear, but you know, it's, it's like tough. And at the same time, more and more people, even if, uh, you know, also people I know that are still believing what's going on, uh, but they say, why should I take now a booster vaccination if the other ones have not helped? And maybe friends of mine have, I mean, even if they don't want to admit, but they think, oh, you know, this guy died all of a sudden or has these problems now, and why should I take that risk? So it's a tricky, it's a tricky moment in time for the whole whole thing, you know. That's what I was wondering. Um, I mean, one, or I have two questions rather. Like one thing is, I I think it must be like a. I've asked that in the in the Corona outshows, you know, uh, oftentimes like. Is there like a, a general script? I mean, who's writing that script? Is that like Edelman again? You know, like who did this? I think they worked on this um, Iraq, the the uh, incubator lie, um, and um, you know, is is this like a like a proper script? Because it's very strange that it's going down all around the world in the same way. You know, I mean, some people take this as a proof that it must be real because if everyone reacts in the same way then it must be real. But I think it cannot be because it's so unlikely that people wouldn't, I mean, it's maybe goes, you know, in waves, like some one country is ahead 
and then the other one follows with like the lockdown measures or other things but it's the same thing everywhere where you see they close down with only a few dead people where you know with a little bit of economic uh, at least economic understanding you wouldn't do that so i think it's it's like a very generalized thing and yeah i mean that's that's one question and the other one i'll and i'll ask then <laughs> so yeah First of all, very sorry uh, for not applauding you, Viviana. I, I don't know you. I don't know your background. Now when I hear it, I salute you. I salute you. I salute you. Thank you so much for what you've been doing. When it comes to uh, what is going on, I never got to the end of Agenda 21 because Agenda 21 is one that's being played out now. And Agenda 21, you can see it is it is not in hiding. They have, it's the boosting about it they're they're so proud of this operation and what they say is that they agenda 21 the end goal of that is that there would be one government world government that would be in charge of everything they would be in charge of all land and we're not talking globally all land all air all uh, uh all land all water all food all media all education all energy all military all police uh, including also your body through these uh, especially the mrna ones where you got patented uh, uh, um, what do you call it operating systems that are being pushed in in the moderna and with the mrna ones where they have patented uh, software in you where you that will be get them in control of you and in in agenda 21 also what they what will also be the property of the government would be you will own nothing and they make all of these beautiful videos saying you will be so happy you will have no property at all including your children including your children will be the property of the state that is the end of of agenda 21 and agenda 21 is not discreet you can see many, many press conferences. Look at the logo in the background. It's right over there in their shoulder. Look at many, many buildings in NATO countries or in countries that are joined under this, whatever it is, because they never signed of it. This building has been built according to Agenda 21. You can see schools, hospitals, and so on. If you look at these buildings, look at them with a bit of an open eye, you will see they look a lot like prisons or buildings that can be turned into prisons like, like this very very quickly and agenda 21 the whole setup is also really really when you when you, you have to applaud them you know because it's done in a very clever way the thing is that that agenda is being played out on a local as well as national as well as international level in all of these countries simultaneously this is why suddenly 174 countries did like this and walked in the same direction this is why you go down to your local authorities or, or whatever it is, and you're talking to them, and it's just like, what is going on? What it's so weird because you behind the counter is acting exactly like what I see on TV, agenda 21, agenda 21. That is what is being played out. And that is a very, very brutal game. And in it, in the end, is total control of everything, total control of everything. So part of that operation is this corona covid sars 2 they keep changing the names of them so we really can't really get a grasp of what is going on here and it's <clears throat> it's there where you see that 
it's not a matter of one booster. It's not a matter of being vaccinated. These boosters will go on because they want the complete population of this earth to be injected with their whatever it is, their mm -hmm. drug from hell. And once again, I don't say this lightly. I, I'm not a medical expert. So what I've done is I have approached people like Dr. Dolores Cahill, Dr. Dr. North, Christian Northrop, Dr. Andy Kaufman, Dr. Karen Madej. We have weekly meetings together. Uh, many of these incredible doctors, Pam Potter and, and so on. And I've Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. And I've learned from them because they used to come, some of them, from inside that business, inside that whole industry. And they are the ones who are saying, this is, this is what is in them. This is the effects of these things. And when you look at what is in them, and I'm seeing on a microscope, a dark microscope myself, the effects of these things, it is like watching a zombie horror movie. I mean, when you look at blood the way it should be, beautiful round blood, cells that are floating around collecting oxygen and just bringing it on to anywhere in the in the body you know beautiful everything is in harmony then you see samples from from people that have been vaccinated it looks like a war zone it's like people who have have, have been working in these laboratories they have not seen anything like it for the last 20 odd years they've never seen anything like it and it's like you you look at what as far as I'm, what I've learned over these, uh, since this whole shebang started, it's like, if you ask me, if anyone came close to me or any of my loved ones with one of these needles, I would fight them like it would have been a machine gun. Same level of danger, same level. It would be over my dead body that they inject me with that zombie poison juice, whatever, because there's 0 0.000000000% that has to do with health and to boost your body to be stronger. And 99.9999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
and the, the communication system from that to all of the parts of your body you know like if you cut your toes we need no white blood uh, cells down there to fight the infection and we need some more proteins to fix that wound that system that speaks to everything inside of you at all times even when you're asleep they want to replace that with their operating system that can be reprogrammed remotely inside of you i mean it's not like these people like kill gates sorry bill gates um and and these Fauci individuals when you see that background it's not like they're some kind of buddha or Mahatma Gandhi type that is just floating on water. These are hardcore, very, very brutal businessmen and involved when you look back in, in all kinds of not very nice things. Uh, so do I trust them about 0%, absolute 0%. Well, the thing about them is that they even look evil. Um, not all of them, of course, but if you look at Fauci, if you look at Bill Gates, if you look at Klaus Schwab, they even look evil. But only to us, it seems. Many other people think that they're benevolent philanthropists um, uh, or at least nice people or smart people who invented Microsoft, for example. But um, here's another thing that I was that I was going to ask. I just wanted, I just wanted to ask some, uh, or say something. I mean, we've been looking at, um, sorry, I'll turn the um, camera on in a second again. Um, so we've been looking also at, uh, you know, the, in la several lab laboratories that we're working with. They've also done a lot of analysis. I mean, we have not yet found this graphene in there, but we're looking at it from all kinds of angles. And it is true that there, we have also found the these metallic elements that do not that have not been declared and that were not, um, you know, don't seem to belong there. And um, other elements, like for instance, I looked at something myself um, where you have like small little blobs of uh, ingredients and they all line up one and one to, to another and form like little long um, kind of uh, the filaments somehow. It's very strange. And we are still looking at it, what, what, if it has a natural explanation or not. I mean, we do have to look very closely at it, what it is, you know, because sometimes since it's new materials, it might also just have new effects that we don't know yet how to interpret them without that it might be something super, uh, you know, malicious. But um, obviously, there are things that do not belong in there, and it, there have not been, uh, you know, enough studies done, and we see a lot of side effects. I mean, this should be something where people should now be very, very alarmed, you know, the authorities, and they should start looking at it. If and if I don't, if they don't do it, that's what I always say. I think that is so strange because, like, from a population protection aspect, you know, point of view, you would definitely um, expect that now all hell would break loose, and they'd um, just say, oh we have to stop it we have to look at it more closely and so on imagine how crazy everyone is about like the softening softening um uh, you know uh, chemicals that are in the the rubber ducks you know that children do not suck suck at the rubber ducks and like everyone goes crazy and here we have something that's in your body and that causes harm and no one is looking at it so there's something definitely wrong that was the question that i was going to ask ole uh you kept um emphasizing that they have to knock on our doors and we have to let them in why is it that they need our cooperation why is it that they put everything out into the open we can all read the great reset we can all read the um fourth industrial revolution and what's behind it uh, except many people do not read it 
But why is it that they need our cooperation? Is it because there's not enough of them? Is it because the only way it can work is if we cooperate? Rainer, I don't know. I can only say that if you read old fairy tales and whatever it is, old, uh, go back in history, it is almost, uh, go back to the Bible as well, it's almost like evil has to knock on the door, the wolf has to knock on the door, the piglets have to open it, or whatever it is, you know, the little red riding hood, he disguised himself as grandmother, he, we, and it's, when you see the way that evil present itself, it, it is almost like it has to show itself. And I, the thing is, uh, in 2014, I've been tracking down many, many of these false flag operations. And I've been what I've been doing as a one man band is to go on location on many of these places where they've happened many times when the operation is still active, scary as hell. But uh, I really wanted to find out what is going on, you know. Mm -hmm. So anyway, this insider who was a person who was involved in these operations uh, he said um, told me that uh, you're doing good i've been following you for some years but you miss out on the hidden clues and i was like what are you talking about he said they always leave hidden clues in the forensic mm -hmm. evidence about upcoming attacks and i said why on earth would anyone do such a stupid thing and he said and i think this is the answer to your question he said that they who have who are doing so much bad in this universe are extremely afraid of the law of karma what you do comes back to you and the way he said the way they interpret the law is that if they show us even in subtle ways what they're going to do and we do not react then we indirectly consent and that means that the bad karma will come on our shoulders not theirs and what he also said in addition if they show us we don't react and they manage to pull it off it even gains good karma on their part i thought that was so twisted but it was that thing that got me on to the whole thing about leaving clues in the forensic evidence i i thought i didn't know who he, this guy was you know uh, i'm in contact by people all over the world that are saying things and sometimes it's true sometimes it's not i have no idea but i collected the information put put it away and then uh, first, there was an, an alleged ISIS attack at, uh, for, uh, against a power plant outside Dublin. That was one of the first clues where I saw that there had been something that could have been a clue pointing in that direction. Then came Charlie Hebdo. That was the second one. Uh, this was in January the 9th of 2015. That was the second lead that I found, but I didn't react. Then boom, that came up because what I found was that there was one lead with four different clues for four different locations. So there was uh, Dublin and then Paris. So the next of these four was Copenhagen. And that was the first time ever I stood up on international radio and said, listen, I believe this is what I found. I have no idea. This is what I've been informed. This is the clue. If so, uh, and the clue was pointing straight to a, a train station in, in central Copenhagen on the 14th of January, 2015. And so I said, please, uh, anyone that on location, can you please go there with cameras and your friends or whatever, be, film whatever is going on right down there. And people did, and nothing happened. So I thought I was totally wrong. I thought I made a mistake. I thought this guy was uh, not correct, the guy that, in, that had called me. And then instead of the 14th of January, exactly one month later, on the hour, on the same location, boom, 
the alleged mass shooting of Kruton, Kruton in Copenhagen happened. And so that was the first time when I was like, oh my God, this is a blessing in disguise if they actually leave clues out there for their, I mean, it's for their own protection, for their own greed and so on, so they won't be hurt. If they show us what they're going to do, that gives us the opportunity, if we can be observant and find the clues before they go, it happens, we can turn it around. We can turn it around. We can and protect ourselves. And if we don't protect ourselves, then they interpret this as consenting to whatever they're trying to do to us. You know what? This reminds me of the famous, and this is a universal saying, by the way, writing on the wall. Some of us can see it and some of us can't. It's the writing on the wall. And Ole, I like, like I for, like that. Thank you for that. <laughs> when you when now before you mentioned like this the diversion aspects, yeah. And now we're looking, I have the feeling that maybe the Corona um, story is dwindling down a little bit, you know, maybe, maybe they would need to revitalize it by some, I mean, okay, now, let's say, we see now they've already done everything that they could statistically to um, pretend that the ones that are in hospital now are unvaccinated with all these definitions, you know, 14 days after the second uh, the doses uh, you're still uh, up to 14 days you're still counted as unvaccinated and all that so it becomes you know it's a blurry picture um but i think it's gonna maybe become more obvious that it, that there's not um, so much going on with the coronavirus at the moment or in the near future so do you think there's uh so i mean if i if i continue thinking now in this direction then we maybe see like a slow meltdown of um of like the financial system or something like that but that's also going to be hard to handle. Do you think that we might be looking at some larger events coming up? What you have seen in your, you know, with the, your the point of view that you have, do have you seen any any hints on like what we might see or already seeing maybe in the near future, building up for this kind of uh, like an additional event or something like that? I think it's a super good observation. Uh, I think they are having massive problems here because uh, even though they managed to vaccinate a lot of people, there's still a, a lot of people who are becoming aware and saying, absolutely no way am I going to do that. So they're losing a lot of power here because the, the, the power of fear, when people are not fearful anymore, and we see that with more and more demonstration and people go out in the streets and say, this is not right. I'm not doing this. You know, they're losing the grip. So what they do, they need to activate the fear. Without fear, they can't get away with these things. So now that there's a lot from, if you, if you haven't noticed, like during the whole corona, there was no ISIS. Every, ISIS took, uh, went on a holiday and no terror attacks, no mass shootings. It was incredible. That virus just did a massive healing when it came to so-called terror. But now when they're losing the power, suddenly you have the terror attacks come back again to dive as, as a diversion. Oh my God. Or not only terror attacks, but it will also be violent crimes, you know, violent gang rapes or alleged murders or, or things that would be emotional. It would be young women, uh, you know, it's women and children again, young, things to get your emotions going, very brutal uh, attacks or, or you know, like uh, now in Norway, this bow and arrow mass murder of five people. And then when you look at them, what do you see? When you look at the forensic evidence, I will tell you, you will see nothing, zero, silt, nothing. You will see 
it's dark, you will see five police cars uh, with the, the lights going like this, plop, 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 plop. And that's it, crime scene, the mass murder happened over there. Uh, we cannot give out the names of the victims at this point, and two of them were police officers, by the way, off duty, uh, but uh, don't worry about it, we're on it. And then when you start looking into it, absolute zero happened. Absolute, so many of these alleged crimes did not happen. And this is not only in one country, it is the same in so many different countries where they need to shake you up, shake you up so that you think that you live in a world of terror, of a world of scared, you know. But I tell you, most of us, if we turn off the screen in front of us, we look out the window, it is really, really beautiful out there. And there are birds, you know, and there's flowers, and it's incredible. Children are playing. Then you put on the screen again. Oh my God, I live in hell. I, I forgot. So what is happening? We're being manipulated through these screens that are in front of us. Many of them have the letters S-M-A-R-T. It's wrong spelling. It should be E-V-I-L. That's the correct <laughs> spelling. It's a sewage opening. So whoever controls that digital information can get into your head and don't believe for a second that alternative media should be true. Don't think that they missed out on that one. So, well, if it's only mainstream media, I can't trust, at least I can trust the, the alternative media. Absolutely not. It's totally infiltrated as well. Control opposition is very, very active. So yeah. I forgot your question. What was that? Sorry about that. You, you muted yourself. Yeah. Um, now, if you, um, you know, from your experience, if you can already see yeah. this type of diversion going on. Yeah. Oh, God, it's on now. So I will give you three examples of what is going on right now. You got the um, Gabby Pepito or Gabby Petito case in the US, uh, a young girl, an influencer who apparently also worked as a crisis actor. I'm not sure about that one. But anyway, she said to have been. Uh, strangled by her boyfriend but the whole thing when you see the setup it's the it's got the whole all the tick boxes of a stage thing and uh, also uh, it turns out now that in 2013 she was one of in a filmed video for the victims of uh, from Sandy Hook which was a 100% staged event uh, nobody died at Sandy Hook I if you don't trust me, I know many people will go be a little bit shocked. Go to my website, lightonconspiracies.com. Go to the web shop. I have a free uh, ebook that I and, and Professor Jim Fetzer. It's called Nobody Died uh, in Sandy Hook. And it was, as far as I know, the first book ever censored by Amazon. So when they tried to stop it, we gave it out for free instead. You can download it for free, read it. Let's have a discussion afterwards. If you still believe the official story, then let's talk. But until then, read that one. So anyway, uh, Gabby Pepito and her two brothers are in this video in 2013, where she's even holding a, a sign up saying, we are irreplaceable, you know, women and children and get the emotions going. And then they recycle these uh, uh, actors over and over again. So that is one case that I would strongly point out is big, big question mark. The mass shooting now in on the 10th year anniversary in Norway with the bow and arrow one, 
100% chop off my right arm if that's a real event. It is. It sucks. It's low budgets. It's absolute crap. And it's pumped out international as a massive big terror attack. But when you look at it, when you really start studying, it is not good. Not good. And that is connected to the Alec Baldwin uh, shooting of um, two in his film crew. There are direct connections between these two ones. And that is connected to another one, the shooting of Brandon Lee, the son of Bruce Lee. I mean, the thing is, with these clues, where I've up to date predicted 61 of them uh, up to two months before they actually happen on international radio, uh, you, you can see that they're not, they don't only connect forward, but also backwards, you know, so there are these things. Why they do it is against the, uh, the law of karma, I think. They, they show us, they, they indirectly beg us, look at it, wake up, it's here, it's here. But it's also almost like a game, you know, like a serial killer playing with his uh, victim, because they put it in the names as well, that it, it's a joke. You know, like, uh, uh, ex excuse my language, but uh, the names are often connected to sexual things. Also, uh, it's the, the, the names of victims or uh, eyewitnesses or uh, people that have been injured or the people themselves who are said to have carried out. So, for instance, <clears throat> you got um, in uh, Melbourne with a car attack where it said that this guy drove up on the pavement and killed all of these people. By the way, if you want to see a terror attack in Australia, it would be in Melbourne. Uh, the intersection is by the uh, Flinders train station and the St. Paul's Cathedral. That is where they happen every single time. So just stand there, wait for it, and it will happen again. So anyway, so her name was Dick, Annie Dick on Ass. I kid you not, Annie Dick on Ass. Was the, okay, and the guy driving driving the car, his name was Gon, Gon, Gorgon Solas. Okay, so we have in other uh, like the Westminster Bridge attack and other, you have like Ben Dover, you have a huge Dick in Son, you got uh, Rayburn uh, Rayburn uh, Cockburn, you got Joe Cox, you got Cassandra Dix. Stop laughing, this is serious. Uh, you got. Um, so there's so many cocks in this in this scenario. It's unbelievable. And it's like there was one airplane crash and, and people would say, now, now I know that was not true. It was on the news and then people started pointing it out and then they said, no, 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 no. It was just a joke. It was just a joke. It was the, an airplane crew of a plane that is said to have crashed. One of the captain's name was Fly Too Low. The other name was Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. It's like, I, it's, and we're sitting there, Holy Fuck. Oh my God, it's so horrible. It's so tragical what has happened. So many times you have to take a step back and just like, whoa, 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 wait a second. And you were asking me about, the, you know, how can I see Sorry, it? But I mean, if this is like fake names, they must be so full of themselves. That's amazing, you know, that they think they must be the, the kings uh, of the world that no one sees it. I mean, if that's, if that's. Uh, but I mean, nobody sees it nobody sees it until I point it out and a few other people are pointing it out. Then people say, whoa, and then they start noticing. This is also why my name has become a verb, hashtag Damagarding, is to find these clues about upcoming attack. 
because the thing is if we can see it for what it is and then just say listen guys there's no need to be scared there's you do not live in hell there's no need for you to accept their solutions because life is beautiful look out the window it is absolutely stunning but is so one when of the, one of the professors of psychology is uh use this as a piece of advice because we had so many people who were asking how can we how can we distance ourselves from from all this terror from all this propaganda and he said turn off the tv turn off the uh, tv get of, yeah get rid of your get rid of all of the mainstream media well of course we realize in the meantime that we cannot trust anyone we have to make up our own minds we have to look look at the evidence as um Lord Sumption said of the former uh, Chief Justice of the British Supreme Court, he said, he said, we all have heads and we should make use of them. We should look at the at the information and then make up our own minds. Do not let them tell us what to do. But here's another thing. Um, you were speaking about Sandy Hook. Um, there was, um, what's his name, Alex Jones of Infowars. Um, he lost a court case against one of the alleged fathers of the alleged uh, child um, and um, some somehow it didn't have it didn't have any impact why why was that happening is it that they're trying to or that they're allowing us to see the truth but they're transmitting it or using someone as a vehicle to tell us the truth who is totally uh, who has lost all credibility? Is that how they play this game? So that we'll think, oh, if this guy says uh, this is not true, then it, then this is a hoax. This guy is crazy. Is that how they play the game? You know, when I've been on tour, several times people in the audience have stepped forward. When I describe these, uh, these, uh, how they carry out these operations and so on, mm -hmm. several times people have stepped out of the board and saying, you describe my job. And so I said, so what do you work with? One time he said, I'm an illusionist. And the other guy was a magician. It is so, how do you make people, you know, you, you have this thing, oh my God, look, magic, it's a rose. Oh, it's incredible. A rose came out of nowhere. The first time you believe magic, you the thing is what I try to do is I see it. Then one of the first thing I've learned is if he wants me to look at that hand, I look at the other one. I look what's going on with this right hand. When everybody look here, do, 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 and out is a rabbit. Really? Where did the rabbit come from? Look at the other hand and then start moving around and from all different angles, do you know, because each angle you come in from it's not only to find the thing you're looking for it's also to say it's not here that's just as important you know it's not there okay that means that i can put that aside it's not here that i can put that it's not here but it is there so every single one is important it's when you decipher the whole thing that's when you start seeing how this game is being played but we are up against master manipulators so in this case what is going on? My my friend that I just mentioned, Jim Fetzer, he was sued for half a million dollar or a million dollar by Noah Posner, the father of this child. No, Noah Posner was the boy that is said to have been killed, six years old. Very tragic. At the same time, the very same boy was killed in another mass shooting in Peshawar in Pakistan. Same boy, same photo, same the whole thing. 
and he's got four different death certificates with different details on it. And the it's like when you go into this world of deception and Sandy Hook is a very, very, very interesting place because I tell you this one, uh, many years ago, um, we, Fletcher Prouty was a guy, he's the guy that is called Mr. X in the JFK movie, who was an insider in these black ops and so on, and then stepped, stepped forward and became incredible whistleblowers. I have learned so much from him because he spoke from the inside of these operations. And anyway, he said that one time he was in Greece with Alan Dulles, the chief of the CIA, and they were driving around beautiful area and there was like this little small little town. And so the CIA director, Alan Dulles said, listen, Fletcher, do you know what that is? And so Fletcher said, is this some kind of a tourist uh, sort of compartment uh, building? I mean, it was sort of like a small community. And Alan Dulles said, no, no, they're all ours. All of them, old, young children, all of them were assets for the CIA. Sleeping assets, uh, used to be, wannabes, the whole shebang there, live a life in luxury or normal day life, and then to be activated if needed. And Adel Dulles said, we've got them all over the place. We've got them all over the place. So when you look at Sandy Hook, that little place, I tell you, that little place, the whole community, I would say, is such a community. The whole community is so strange. And I've, I've even got a close friend who's got people living in Sandy Hook, one of them, a police officer, who seems to be part of the whole thing. So it's like very, very bizarre. I mean, the school wasn't even open. It was closed two years before it happened. And uh, well, what can I say? It's a, it's a major, major operation. The children are still alive. And they, as, as well, these children that are said to have been killed were part of a, a show up, but for a different reason, at a Super Bowl match. A game they were down there among other children. Bam, there's one, there's one, there's one, there's one, there's one, there's one. And one of them, after this whole thing, was they, they took a photo of her in the lap of Barack Obama. I kid you not. So it's in your face. It's in your face. It's for them almost, they say, wake up, wake up, smack, 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 smack. <laughs> Can you not see it? Indirectly, they're helping us, I tell you. It's in your face. See the writing on the wall. It's a beautiful thing that you just said. And I love the one with the sunshine, uh, you know, to heal things. That is exactly it. Mm -hmm. So we need to aim the light. That is why my website is called Light on Conspiracies. The light into the belly of the beast. Because the thing is, it's not that the light and the dark is fighting. The, the darkness is absolutely powerless against uh, do you know, you can't see on a sunny day, you can't see, oh, there's some shadow over there, you know, sticking out like that in, in plain sunlight. But you can in the dark, you can see one candle miles away. And so when you switch on the light in a dark room, it's not like there's a fight. The light just takes over, boom. And in the universe, if I can ramble on for a little while. I like uh, science. I think it's fun sometimes to see, okay. So I know that in this so-called universe, if I do that, it will fall that away every time. It won't suddenly fall that way. It's just one of the basic laws of this whole thing. So when you look at frequencies and everything in, seems to be vibration and frequency in this illusion, matrix, whatever it is, 
uh, at different densities, you know, different speed. And the highest of all frequencies is what is called love, not Hollywood love, desire, you know, like I love you if you're kind to me, or that's called business. But love, really love that a parent has for his child, that's the highest frequency according to scientists, higher than the frequency of thought. The lowest of the low is absolute pure fear, terror, terror, terror. That is such a low frequency. So what happens if you take two frequencies in a laboratory and let them meet? It's not that they, end, that they start fighting and come out sort of like 50-50 in a gray zone in the middle. The lower one just gets annulled. Boom, it disappears, just like when you switch on the light. And I, I tell you, I think this bearded guy who was here a couple of thousand years ago who went on in the name of Jesus, I think he was a super hacker because he, one of the things that he said is like, okay, got it. Does, if that means that a higher frequency annuls a lower at all times, then if love is the highest, why not use it in every single situation, it, which will be a lower. So whatever you do, live in love, meet it with love and annul the loss. That is what he said. And then detach so you don't get too much emotionally involved. That's what I would say when smack on one face, on one cheek, turn the other one. Don't get emotionally involved. Distance yourself and just see it happen and meet it with love and you transcend the whole thing. And this is, I mean, I've, I've been up there, I met assassins and killers and I don't know, SWAT teams and horrible people, horrible people. Also, people that wanted to hurt me, but it's like in these situations, I try to just occupy my mind so I don't get into fear mode. And I, the the word I use is just divine, 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 divine to keep myself down there. And then what happens very often is that they the whole situation changes. Instead of if I got had gone into fear mode, I would have get got hurt, you know. So it's like. Uh, it's an interesting mm -hmm. place we live in. Yeah, I think it makes perfect sense. What you're saying makes perfect sense. If you do get afraid, then you're in danger. If, you, if you're not afraid, if you just keep your calm, you're really not in danger. We'll have to meet again for another session, more details about the corona uh, crisis or pandemic. Uh, I know I remember from the first time we spoke that you explained in great detail that what they really had in mind was far worse than what's playing out right now. We have to listen to that. We have to listen to that story as well. I, I would be very happy to, to be part of it. I would All be right. very happy. And, uh, and I say, I just want to say this, should I suddenly not be here for some reason, chop, 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 uh, before we have that, then that is because of that. I'm just saying it just as in sort of, uh, because I know that these dark forces do not like to be exposed the way that I'm exposing them. So I'm just saying, not depressed, my God, my car is uh, totally fixed, you know, the brakes are super good, my heart is fine, I'm not depressed. <laughs> and there you go, shebang. Now, um, we're going to make arrangements as quickly as possible. Corvin will help us with that. Uh, we, we have too many um, too many different things going on right now. Uh, we should get rid of some of the things that are really standing in our way, are just time-consuming and concentrate on, on the priorities that we have to set. Vivian and I spoke about that yesterday. We're gonna make this as quickly as possible. 
Um, one of the over the next week or so, we're going to meet again. I think this is really, really important right now. I feel so too, and I appreciate you seeing the value of it. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, thanks so much. Very interesting. Lots of food for thoughts. Yes. <laughs> and Viviana, I salute you once again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing and helping Reiner here to wake up to to become who he is now. And it's so beautiful to see it spread in the world the way it is. And you're giving so many people so much hope, you know, so it's fantastic to watch. I always when I hear your names being mentioned, people just smile up, you know, so it's it's wonderful to see. And this is the years of the great retreat, you know, when we get locked in, we get time to spend with ourselves suddenly mm -hmm. and look at our lives and saying, what have I made with it? Is it good or is it bad? Yeah. Or is this what I want for the future? So if you think I'm a, um, I, can I finish with a prayer? Because sure. it's really important for me. We talk about a lot of dark stuff. And uh, I tell you, I should be super depressed. I mean, I know more of the dark than most people, but I am super optimistic. And I think this is the final day. It's a birth that we're going through. Is Very it comfortable? Good. Absolutely not. Is it painful? Yes, it is. But uh, it is a birth that is happening here. So I would very much like to finish with this prayer. I'm not religious, but I truly stand for this one. And it goes like this. May the entire universe be filled with peace and joy, love and light. That is the entire universe be filled with peace and joy, love and light. May everyone, and especially the ones who hurt us, especially the ones who hurt us, be filled with peace and joy, love and light. May the light of truth overcome all darkness. So victory to that light. I tell you indirectly, it's own. It's thanks to these absolute assholes that we meet that people finally get off their butt and start waking up and look themselves in the mirror. Had it not been for these super psychopaths, we would still be sort of fiddling around with a remote and say, I don't care, I'm more into sports and this pizza slice than I care about my neighbor or the person that I just stepped over on the street they're indirectly helping us you know so on another level we have to thank them but on this level it's absolutely not okay what they're doing and this is where they give us this incredible opportunity to stand up and excel and impress ourselves and live by example and become beautiful human beings i agree and i agree and that's the that's the really good so part of this story <laughs> Yes, yes, it's really, yes. It's, it's really, it's bringing together a lot of people and, you know, a lot of dy dynamics. And I think that's, that's a, it's, it's a, it's a, catal a catalyst, uh, you know, mm -hmm. basically for, it is, for it is. Kind of propel us into a better life. That's what I think. Yeah. Do you know, I made the t-shirts, uh, you can find them on lightonconspiracies.com. Stop whining, start shining. Get out of victimhood. Get out of victimhood. Yeah. Stop whining start shining you know this thing from victim take the power back and just stand in the truth and and do not consent you don't have to go out and throw rocks on the contrary just stand in your own power say i'm not doing it i am just not doing it mm. yeah so we're not going to do not, that. we will not be victims no way jose no okay. way, Jose. <laughs> Ole, sure. this was it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure and it's a mind opener. Um, many thoughts will come from this. And uh, 
it'll be, I think for many people who are watching this, uh, it'll be an eye opener, um, which will start them to take even closer looks at what they've been worrying about all along. And that's what it takes. It takes people to take a real look at what's going on to make up their own minds instead of being fed the news and the uh, propaganda by those who are trying to manipulate us. That's what we're trying to help them with. Okay, well, we'll be in touch uh, over the next couple of days. We'll do this as quickly as possible because I, I wish we could go on with this, but I think it takes a little bit of a break and then a separate session for this. All right. Anytime. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Talk again soon. Yeah. See you later, Olaf. Take care. Bye bye. See you later, alligator. Bye bye. <laughs> bye, -bye.